Nylander and the DC connection, and ultimately what would it take to make it work, we'll discuss next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked on Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help the show is to go over to YouTube and subscribe to Locked On Capitals and comment anything below. In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the window. Yes, we hear this window is closing in. Is the window even open at all anymore? We'll talk about that in the show. Then later, we will talk about the latest with Nick Backstrom. What can we expect from him in the fall? And then we will talk about Nylander, and is it ultimately an option? And that is where we will start tonight as we are in the offseason and we talk about ways that this team can upgrade and how can they get better. And I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it since I've seen many prominent beat writers talk about the Nylander and the Capitals connection. Is it a Hail Mary pass to whatever connect with a wide receiver i ultimately don't know um i think it would be a long shot suffice to say because when i think about what it would take in order to get him to come to this team uh i just i don't know if uh, the capitals have what it takes uh but just taking a look at it stranger things have happened and we talk about it that like I said, this team needs scoring help. And uh, Sportsnet's Elliot Freeman told NHL Network earlier in the week that extension talks between Nylander and the Maple Leafs, Maple Leafs are at a standstill. And uh, it does appear to me that uh, the Maple Leafs obviously would be the front runners. Um, he has a long history with the team. And uh, I think that he has a pretty good relationship uh, with a lot of the players and, and the coaching staff there. So I think that they are the clear frontaway runners on that one. Uh, but like they said in this article here, I think they aren't close, Friedman said. So that is my take that it seems like a clear cut thing there. But Friedman thinks it's there's they're at an impasse right now. Um, I've seen this happen before where it seems like it's not a probability. Uh, but sometimes these insiders, they don't know. They're sometimes on the outside looking in. Uh, Friedman says here, unless something really uh, big happens or they budge their position, that one is going to stay on a standstill. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things to consider with the Toronto uh, Maple uh, Leaf scene up there. It is a team that is under the microscope all the time. The Toronto Maple Leafs fans, they love hockey like nowhere else. And um, it is a difficult place to play, but would he ultimately have a good home in Washington? Of course. Uh, and then we hear about that there's, you know, ultimately a connection there 
Uh, and what am I talking about here is that uh, he knows uh, some of the players um, and uh, there is a connection just based on the fact with that in the coaching staff uh, that there's a possibility. Uh, there's also the possibility that Neilander will wait until Austin Matthews signs his extension to see what raise Matthews gets before taking less money. And you hate to see it come down to money, don't you? Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, these guys are professional hockey players, and that's what it's about. Uh, so I think that he wants to see, uh, obviously, how much he's going to pay and then say, hey, well, I know how much money he's making. How much money am I going to get paid? And uh, it's kind of sound logic if you think about it. Uh, but like I was talking about earlier there, the connection, uh, the Swede is a big fan of Nick Backstrom and played alongside Rasmus Sandin for years and also worked well under new Washington bench boss, Spencer Carberry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about a season uh, changing move, I think if the Capitals could find a way to acquire a Nylander from the Maple Leafs, I think that that would be huge. Uh, so the big question is there is what would it take? It wouldn't be an easy trade uh, to pull off here. You know, the, the players that are in flux here, we always hear about Evgeny Kuznetsov. We hear about Anthony Mantha. And I'm here to tell you right now that Kuznetsov and Mantha is not going to be enough uh, to land Nylander. It's just not going to happen. Um, so. That is ultimately where the whole thing emanated from with the Tom Wilson thing. That is the origin story about what kind of player it would take uh, to get someone like a Nylander on the Capitals. Do I think it is a long shot? Sure. But crazier things have happened. And sometimes these things gain momentum in the offseason. I mean, listen, when we let's take a look at Darcy Kemper for a moment. When I was talking about it seemed like there were pretty strong connections that Darcy Kemper was going to come to the Capitals. And people were saying there is no way that the reigning Stanley Cup winner at that time, goaltender, is going to come to the Caps. It is just not going to happen. Turns out it did happen. Um, but the big problem is, of course, and where all we all know the situation is money. There's not enough money. There's not enough cap space. Um, so even if you found a way to move out Kuzi and Mantha, that is going to create some room. But as it stands right now, uh, it is around $888,000 and some change of cap space uh, that the Caps have on this team. And, uh, you know, uh, you got to take a look at it in other regards is that would the Maple Leafs be interested in someone like a Kuznetsov? Probably not. I, I don't see that as being a good marriage. Um, but, you know, it is an interesting thing to think about. Stranger things have happened. This team, uh, the Capitals, that is, has a pedigree of making it to the playoffs. It's not like, I hate to say it, it's not like we're looking to trade him or the Maple Leafs, that is, to the Coyotes um, or some, you know, other really deplorable team in the NHL. The Capitals have a long history of doing great things. So, I mean, um, it's improbable from a financial point of view, but not from a team point of view. There are some A-list players on this team, of course. You take a look at Ovechkin and Backstrom and Oshie and Wilson, um, Carlson and Kemper. It's a star-studded team, suffice this to say. It is an, a team that's getting older, but it still has the potential of greater things. So um, while it is a long shot for me, it is one of those interesting names to kind of kick around in the offseason here. And ultimately, what would it take? Uh, you start going down the list there. Is it going to require 
draft picks or prospects, that kind of thing. And that's what always has me a bit concerned. Uh, again, you know, I go back to the whole Chikrin thing of uh, during uh, free agency or the trade deadline, rather. And the talk was that the Capitals were in, and this was just the rumor mill, I'll give you that, was that the Capitals were all in on Chikrin, but it would have been McMichael and LaPierre plus a roster player. And, uh, you know, while that's tempting, I don't think that that was the right idea. So if that, in fact, was true, I don't know. I'm not telling you it's true. I'm just telling you what I heard, um, that sometimes you got to be careful on that. So would Nylander uh, definitely change the, the look of this team going into next season? Absolutely, because there are a lot of question marks as a Caps fan about how good this team is going to do. You added Pacioretty and you added Edmondson to this team those are some good moves, but I don't know if it's enough to push the needle in the right direction. Uh, I know that you added a new coach in Spencer Carberry and added some really great dynamic assistant coaches, but is that going to be enough for the Caps to compete in a Metro division that got a lot better uh, in the offseason? It, it's, it's kind of open to interpretation. So that is why we take a look at these big players like a Nylander that could be game changers. Nylander recorded a career-high 40 goals and 87 points last season for his second consecutive 80-plus point season. The 27-year-old has broken out and showcased his skill while showing the league that he has hit his prime. Now it's just a matter of maintaining that consistency, uh, that piece in the hockey news there. So that's the consistency. And, you know, just taking a look at historically what kind of player Nylander is. It's not like a one-off for him. I think that, you know, intrinsically, he is a really great hockey player. I don't doubt that. It's just, what would the ask be? I talked to you a bit there about the DC connection and uh, that he's fond of Nick Backstrom and he, you know, Spencer Carberry and those kind of things. Ultimately, those are great things. I don't think that that is going to be enough uh, for him to come to DC. I know that there, he played alongside Rasmus Sandin. Again, great. But I think it's, you know, it's a nickels and dimes and, and, it, and it's a money issue uh, to, in order to get someone uh, like a Nylander. And ultimately, at the end of the day, does he even want to come to the Capitals? Um, it seems on paper, people try to draw connections about why he would be a good fit. Uh, but is that ultimately the case? Uh, I guess time will only tell. All right, so coming up here, we will talk about the latest with Nick Backstrom, as we know, he had that hip resurfacing procedure and GM Brian McClellan seemed to have a lot of questions about his future. We'll talk about him straight ahead. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Covering my nutritional bases for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust AG1. I just mix one small scoop of water and drink it first thing each morning done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a real effective daily habit with high quality sourced ingredients. It is a win-win. So once again, go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up for you this summer, not to mention that the season is approaching and you want all your news on the Capitals. That is why you need Locked On Capitals. That is why you need to subscribe today. All right, in this next segment here, we are going to talk about the latest with Nick Backstrom. Uh, as we know, he had that hip resurfacing procedure done, and uh, the arrow seems to be pointing somewhat in an upward direction. I guess it will remain to be seen what kind of condition he is in uh, in the fall. And Brian McClellan's comments, he seemed kind of non-committal, like where it's kind of up to him. That was Brian McClellan's comments at uh, the end of the season. And but then he has kind of changed his tune a little bit that he is progressing and he's, you know, going in the right direction. So is Nick Backstrom, in fact, going in the right direction and will he be able to help this team in the fall? Uh, the question is, it's, and it's kind of a tough one because he is a guy that is loved by Caps fans. Uh, you know, he has endeared himself. He has assisted on more OV goals than anyone else, but they are paying him a lot of money if he turns out to be just a third line center. Uh, li listen here, you know, Father Time is coming for us all. And uh, just if you even want to remove uh, the hip resurfacing uh, procedure out of the equation, Nick Backstrom as a man is older than he once was. So you add in the calculator, the hip resurfacing just plus age, uh, there are a lot of question marks. And I can see uh, why Brian McClellan had a lot of questions. And just when you take a look at it, and he talked about coming back from that procedure, something that has plagued him since 2015. Uh, he's kind of been dealing with issues with his hip and had a hard time uh, skating. And then things went really downhill for him in 21 and 22. Uh, Baxter missed the first part of the season trying to re rehabilitate the hip and address the issues without surgery. Listen, he did everything that he could possibly do. Uh, but he said it was getting to the point where I couldn't play with my kids and I had a hard time tying my shoes. It wasn't really about my hockey career anymore. It was about me living life on a day-to-day -day basis. And those are some of the important things uh, as Caps fans. We need to kind of remove ourselves from that situation. We're like, well, we need you here for the Capitals. Listen, we need to worry about Nick Backstrom the player, but we also need more importantly, Nick Backstrom, the man, the guy that's going to live his life after he plays hockey. So those are some tough decisions. And as it, it turns out here, the procedure was a complete success. He had the procedure done uh, in Belgium and all the arrows are pointing up. Um, like I talked about there, it seems like he is trending in the right direction. I think it's more important that you try to reset yourself after stuff like that, Backstrom said. I think the most frustrating thing was we didn't really have any answer until I got one this year. That was nice. Um, and, you know, you hear about the different guys that have had that procedure and it. None of them are too favorable, at least the NHL players. Uh, he referenced uh, a player from the uh, Swedish elite league that he said was a double hip resurfacing procedure done. And he did have success uh, talking about GM here, though. However, general manager Brian McClellan wasn't entirely sold at the end of the season explaining that there were still questions as to whether or not the 34-year-old would be able to keep his career going much longer. This piece in the Hockey News where Sammy Silver interviewed uh, Nick Backstrom, 
That's a major surgery, McClellan said. I think it's frustrating in that I don't know how much better it does get. I haven't seen any other players do it, recover, and get back to a level that they thought they were at before. I don't know where that ends up with the offseason training. He's going to have to make a decision on his career, where he thinks he's at. Those were some kind of cryptic comments like, I'm not sure what we're doing with Nick Backstrom, a guy we are paying a boatload of money to. Uh, at one time, top line center or second line center, you know, kind of just depends on where he's been in his career. Uh, but now we're paying him a ton of money to potentially be what a third line center. It's a tough thing. Still, Baxter will be at training camp in the fall and given the chance to show what he can do. And he and his teammates have faith that he can get back to where he's been in the past. And uh, one of the things I guess I will say is I saw the Capitals play the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota. And it didn't really seem like it was Nick Backstrom of old. And one of the things I spoke about with Matt Wyrick at the time is he's like, well, Dan, you also have to consider that he wasn't having consistent line mates. That was true as well. So I think the combination of those things is what really kind of leads to a lot of question marks, right? That uh, we don't know what kind of Nick Backstrom we're ultimately going to get. Uh, his teammates are confident as well. He's got one of the best minds in the game. So when his body allows him to do what his mind is telling him, it's a pretty scary recipe for success. Wilson said, it's nice to see him moving better and pain-free and his body responding to what he wants to do. He thinks the game better than anybody I've ever played with. So when he's moving at full speed and feeling like himself, he's a heck of a player and one we're lucky to have. And one of the things that I remember Wilson talking about is how they used to reference him and call him dad, kind of just a father figure. But not only that, in the beginning of the season, they were talking about that uh, in his workout that Wilson, because Wilson had that knee injury and Backstrom were actually training together. And Wilson was ready to leave and hang it up. And he looked over at Nick Backstrom and he was still working out. And he thought to himself, if that guy who's, you know, quite a bit older than me, uh, at least a bit older than me, and uh, going through all the pain that he's in. He is still working out. That kind of gave Tom Wilson motivation. So I will say that Nick Backstrom is an overly positive guy. Those are all, uh, you know, an optimistic guy. Those are great uh, character qualities. And I think that serves him really well in his recovery uh, tr to trying to get back to playing hockey on a daily basis. Listen here, this is not to disparage Nick Backstrom. I am pulling for Backstrom more than anyone. I really want him to come back to this team and be the Nick Backstrom that we remembered. But the other side of that coin is if he's not, you need to have a contingency plan. You can't put all your eggs in the basket that Nick Backstrom is going to be Nick Backstrom of, let's say, 2018 you know, or earlier than that, um, that is optimistic thinking, but I don't know ultimately if it's realistic thinking. And I think that Brian McClellan is being honest with the fans and himself and saying, I don't know what his future is. And I guess a lot is going to be determined when he's in camp. And uh, I think that he has a lot to prove. Um, but this is a team that is getting older in the next segment. We'll talk about is the window ultimately open for this team anymore. Um, or, you know, is that it? Is that the end of the road with this Rock the Red era? We'll talk about that straight ahead. All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about a window that's closing. And it's a thing that I've heard 
for the last several years here is that is this window for this team open? Is it closed? You know, it, it, you know, I've heard people say it's open, but it, it's barely open. You know, okay, just enough of all of it already. What they're trying to say is, can this team compete? Can they win cups? Can they win playoffs? Do they have what it takes with this lineup, this core, this nucleus? Or has that ship sailed? And that was an interesting question posed in the daily face-off and their thought on it was the Caps grip on the Metro ladders started slipping in the season following the Stanley Cup win in 17-18. They followed with two consecutive seasons in which they won the Metro only to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Their points percentage then slipped from 0.688 to 6.10 to 4.88 between 20 and 21 and 22-23. They missed the playoffs this past season and sold off the likes of Orloff, Hathaway, and Eric Gustafson behaving as a seller team for the first time since Brian McClellan took over as GM in 14-15. So there is a shift change. Something is happening. I think there is a reluctance with, uh, you know, Brian McClellan and ownership and these, you know, these things that, you know, these channels between uh, Brian McClellan and Alex Ovechkin that I must play on a competitive team. And why is that? Because he's chasing Gretzky and he wants to win more cups. But what does that mean for the Capitals? You know, I hate to say it, remove Ovechkin from this, uh, the scenario for a situation. Is this team going to sit in limbo for the next three years until Ovi hangs up the skates. I really hope that's not the case. And I ultimately think that Brian McClellan did what he could do. I'm not here to bash Brian McClellan. I think he's actually a really great GM. I think that he is doing the best with what he can do. You take a look at Pacioretty. A guy scored 30 goals six times in his career. Uh, got him for $2 million, $2 million more on incentives. You know, Joel Edmondson, there weren't a lot of big fish out there, and he did the best he could do under a tight cap. I get all that. But with the, all of that withstanding, where does that leave the Capitals going into next season? And as Caps fans, I want you to listen to this, and I want you, I want to hear the feedback from you. Hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at Locked On Caps, and I want to hear your predictions, your way too early predictions for next season. Just based on the movement that we've seen thus far, are you optimistic, cautious, or pessimistic on next season? Just factoring it all in, and I don't want you to make the decision. You can make it on however you want, but don't make it, in my opinion, based on good vibes. Just make it on honest vibes and how you think this team is in game one, if there are no other big moves to take place, per Elliot, uh, or excuse me, per elite prospects, the Caps have an average age of 29.62, making them the NHL's second oldest team roster wise. Father Time is already winding down the careers of Backstrom, Oshie, and Kuznetsov is now 31. Uh, now, and number one defenseman Carlson is 33 and coming off a season marred by a skull fracture after taking a puck to the melon. And then there's Ovi, of course, 37 years old and 73 goals away from breaking Gretzky's all-time record. Ovi is aging gracefully as any forward in the NHL history, but is still guaranteed to decline in coming season. It's just science. Even though Washington extended center Dylan Strom's contract last season and signed Patch Ready as an LTIR stash free agent, the Caps don't look like a team that will magically climb back into the Eastern Conference hunt in 23-24. That was the assessment 
of the Daily Faceoff. I got to say, there's not a lot in that piece that I can argue about. Um, you know, I am a Caps fan. I am all caps. You know, I think in all caps and I type in all caps. Wait, you shouldn't type in all caps, but you know what I'm talking about here. And I want to be, you know, optimistic about this team going into next season. But uh, I'm also a fan of this team for quite some time. And I saw the product that was out on the ice. And I have a hard time thinking to myself that the team I saw last year is going to be good enough to be competitive in the Metro Division, to win the Metro Division, or at least to make it to the playoffs, period. It was my assessment that if Carlson, if... um. If Carlson, Wilson, and Backstrom were there the entire season, that they would have been a wild card team at best. That's still kind of my belief right now as we go into next season because I just posed a question to you to, to answer on Twitter is, am I optimistic, cautious, or pessimistic? I'm going to say I'm a little bit, you know, I'm cautious and maybe, uh, you know, a couple clicks towards pessimistic. Um, unless something big happens. If, you know, if you've, you're an everydayer or you've listened to this show, I talked about Nylander in the first segment. There are game changers, of course, that could take place. But I'm just talking about assessing the team right now as is. Like I'm selling a car, you know. You know, you could say that this car would be worth a lot more money if it had a brand new transmission. We can't afford new transmission. This car is is as is, no return. Take it or leave it. And that's how I'm taking a look at it. I'm taking a look at a team that is the second oldest team in the NHL. So this is a team that has about 150,000 miles on it, if we're talking in car terms, or 200,000. It might get you where you want to go, but are you confident in this vehicle to take you on a cross-country road trip? Potentially, you could get lucky and make it across, or it could stall out halfway across the United States. It's a tough question. There are things that could be done. You could put a new engine in there. You could put a new transmission in there, but the Caps don't have enough money. And they want to trade some pieces. They want to trade Mantha. They want to trade Kuznetsov. They're not really open to trading the pieces that would improve the team the most because Kuznetsov and Mantha are not going to yield a big return. They're just not koozie a little bit more, but people can see the back of his hockey card. They know what kind of player he is, that he's hot and cold and a bit quirky. You know, I'm going to stick with quirky. And, um, you know, even if you were to push the crazy button right now, and what is the crazy button? Say you traded Backstrom, say you traded Oshi. Those guys are not on, you know, they're on the wrong side of 30. Everyone can see the back of their hockey card as well. They know that Oshie's injury prone. They know that Nick Backstrom is just coming off a hip resurfacing procedure. So to all the people out there that listen to the show and watch to this show, and they always say, well, why would you ever, or why does anyone talk about Tom Wilson? Because Tom Wilson is one of the few players on this team that retains value. Does that, can I make that any more clear to you? And I understand that they won't trade him. And I love Tom Wilson. I mean, I got his jersey here for God's sake. But those, you know, for the people out there that are like, why would you say that? Think about this team. If this team honestly wanted to get better next season, what pieces, what assets do they have at their disposal to make them better? Could you pick? Some guys down in Hershey, sure, but you're going to have to lump a couple of those in there. Some draft picks, 
I mean, you're not trading Ovechkin. That is not going to happen. Who moves for this team to be competitive? If it is your assessment that this team is not going to be competitive next year. Um, there are not a lot of those pieces left because they're all, I hate to say, older pieces. Older pieces are diminished goods. This is a young man's game. And there's not a lot of young guys on this team. The young guys are down in Hershey or they're down in the Stingrays or they just got drafted and they're in juniors or some other league, right? So it is a tough question, Caps fans, as the next season is getting closer. And I know it's July, but it is, you know, it's the tail end of July here, right? And uh, as I record this a little bit early for you guys, it is the off season. How do they get better? What can we expect? I don't definitely don't want to make this a doom and gloom podcast. I love this team more than anything. I'm just talking about making a pick here. Uh, okay, just case in point, just to give you, to exemplify what I'm talking about. If they sign someone like Nylander, my attitude shifts. Boom, like that. I'm not going to say that's going to make them a Stanley Cup winner, but I definitely think it's going to put them in the conversation of being competitive. And Nylander's just one option there. There's other big names out there that could totally change my idea. I am just talking about this team as is right now without any other big moves. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm getting in the car. I'm, I'm starting the car. I'm taking a look down at the cluster there, the gauge. You know, this is a 200,000-mile car. There's nothing digital. This is a cluster. Get, get, don't get it wrong here. And uh, I see a, a, some check engine lights on, right? And there's a lot of questions. You know, that check engine light is on. You know, you got the ABS light on. There are questions. I mean, I've dro- driven it this way a long time. You know, I've driven across the country before with all these lights on. But are you going to get lucky again? Are the Capitals going to get lucky next year with this lineup? And I, again, they got extremely unlucky last year with all the myriad of injuries. And knock on wood here that they are not that unlucky again. I really hope they are lucky next year and that we have Carlson and Backstrom and Wilson and everyone that misses a substantial amount of time on this team to accurately take a look at this team and see what they, who they are. Uh, but that is kind of my state of the state, my thought of the capitals in this final segment as I'm getting ready to wrap it up here. Uh, again, I really want to hear your thoughts. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Dan caps two and eight at locked on caps on Twitter, or you could always message me on YouTube uh, as well is in this state of the caps in this final segment here. What are your feelings? Optimistic, cautious, or pessimistic and why. And I'll share those comments in an upcoming show here, but that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Unless something really just kind of shakes it, like they get a Nylander. Uh, of course, then the big question is, if you always want to widen the lens, is what did they give up? Because Nylander isn't just going to come here. We gave up something big to get Nylander to come here. Who is that? Again, assets. Just start thinking about this. Logically, what asset would it even take to get someone like Nylander to this team? Big name guy, a marquee name. Make no mistake about it. Tough questions, guys. Uh, just some interesting musings that I have uh, during the summer. I think they're interesting anyway. I guess that is open to interpretation. Listen, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And are you a fan of other DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. Baseball's in full season, and we have Locked On Nationals soon enough. Football season, Locked On Commanders, and after that, Locked On Wizards. So no matter what, major DC sport, of course, Locked On Capitals, Locked On has got you covered. 
Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.